Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of season two of podcast, ACNA's podcast. Very excited to be here with you and really excited that we've got a new peer sharing their story. Denise Moyle is a senior clinical assessor in our ANAC project, and she is based in Queensland, surrounded by our awesome Queensland teams. And in this episode, you get to hear a little bit more about her journey to ACNA, what she did before ACNA, and I'm afraid I snuck in the first question again. I just can't seem to lose that question. It's just too much fun. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did, and I look forward to bringing you more conversations with your peers as uh, more of you hop on board podcast season two. Denise, welcome to podcast. Yay. Hello. Denise, do you want to explain um, (laughs) what that sound is in the background? Yeah, my apologies. I, um, I'm i pretty much living in a corrugated iron shed of a house and that is rain. I'm living in the sunny state of Queensland, you would never imagine. <laughs> my apologies. Oh, no, we have um, a good recording record with people in Queensland. At one point, I couldn't even get one of our team members connected try as I might. So I think this is like going with the flow of podcast is a Queensland recording that's got some amazing background noise. Glad I can add to it. (laughs) Thanks, Denise. So you're in the sunny state of Queensland. Would you like to share a little bit more about yourself for all of our ACNA podcast listeners? Absolutely. Denise Moyle sitting in the sunny state of Queensland working on the fabulous ANAC project for ACNA. We have now been up and running for, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Beck, but probably eight months into into a wonderful project for the Department of Health. Yeah, eight months it is. And we started giggling and I was saying, you can't make me snort, but this story does always make me snort when I laugh. (laughs) To say eight months ago, we were having like (laughs) such a fun time with technology. Something that I do always ask my guests on podcast when I like to be posh and say I've got guests um, is how they came to ACNA. And you've got quite a unique story around your recruitment centre experience. Would you like to share that? During the recruitment phase, you guys were working extremely hard and then you got to me and you had to wrap it up an extra notch. So as I was invited along to the (laughs) SCA interview and once again, as we know with ACNA, there was a role play involved. So I was already slightly nervous thinking about, oh my lordy, another role play, How how will it go? And with the technology ACNA were using was blue jeans. Now I've done Zoom meetings, I've done Skype meetings, I've done so many <laughs> different types of platforms. But for me, blue jeans was like, what? I've never heard of it. But I couldn't log in any earlier. So I think I had about a five minute window to log in before it was my turn to role play in front of an audience for the SCA role. And you can Absolutely. I know you were feeling my palpable distress as I'm (laughs) texting on the phone furiously saying, I am here. I am really trying. Oh my God, I've lost my internet. I can't believe I've had it all morning. So yeah, it was pretty much disaster zone, except I wasn't overseas in war zones. I was actually here in Australia with no internet service. 
So it was a very stressful time, but um, we flagged it for another time later in the day. So you guys were immensely flexible. You gave me another window, another time slot at 7 p.m. It was like the <laughs> Groundhog Day again at 7 o'clock. I just had to go through the whole stressful situation again of still not being able to connect. So thankfully you guys could um, see the the forest through the trees or whatever the saying is and through my determination and maybe apologetic spiel you you actually gave me an opportunity over the phone to role play so I was incredibly thankful I thought I'd completely fluffed any opportunity I had with ACNA in the SCA role so Thank you for allowing me to <laughs> give no, it another crack. You, it, we've since I think we've changed the SEO role play so it mimics exactly your experience because determination <laughs> you did demonstrate. And if there's nothing we need more as we work towards aged care reform in Australia, it's determination, my friend. So well done. Thank you. Well, it was kind of ironic that we have turned on our heads so many times and um, had to think on our feet continuously and that was a classic example of um, putting that into play it was the role play that we never expected to to roll out I guess <laughs> it was and um, you mentioned war zones there you weren't um, mentioning that flippantly do you want to share a bit about your story prior to ACNA Sure. Uh, so my story before ACNA was one more in the humanitarian space so whilst I have been engaged with aged care, it was in many different forms and a good chunk of the last sort of 15 odd years I've been in the humanitarian space in a number of capacities. So my background is in nursing and for yeah a good eight years with Australian Red Cross I was predominantly working abroad. Yeah. So being on the the coal face of setting up weapon wounded hospitals, taking in armed conflict victims of of war crimes and weapon-wounded injuries in, yeah, a, a different number of ways. Head nurse, a flying surgical nurse, nurse consultant, um, putting on a number of different hats, but predominantly the same disaster-prone war conflict countries. Yeah, wow. I kept waiting for the Bahamas, but <laughs> I, I never actually got a Bahamas. So it was Yemen, it was South Sudan, it was Darfur, it was Pakistan. Bangladesh and I kind of finished a couple of years ago with one in Syria. Wow, that's extraordinary. And I love that like the SCA interview threw you out. <laughs> that's the bit that I just go, mm, maybe our recruitment <laughs> process is a bit tough. Oh, thanks for sharing that, Denise. I wanted to ask you something that we're doing on season two of the podcast is talking about a conversation that was most impactful in your life, like something, you know, that sort of sliding doors conversation or that one where you went, yep, that's it. That's meaning and purpose wrapped up in a conversation. Can you recall a conversation like that? Yeah, my pause is is going back through the grey matter basically to to think of if there was a time and a place and I don't know if there was a, a single time and place or a single moment that was that sliding doors moment. I think there's kind of been a, a number of journeys and hurdles along the way that have kind of continually shaped perhaps where I've gone. But I do remember one moment that did hit me when mm. I was, I just finished my graduate year as a nurse. So I'd finished my three years of training at university. I'd done a year 
basically supervisory year at my local hospital in, in Geelong. Oh. And then I took off to the middle of Northern Territory, basically. So I took up a role in, in Alice Springs. And I remember feeling, I often describe my affiliation with nursing as an arranged marriage and, and no discredit to those who have arranged marriages because some of them are really beautiful and work really well. And I, I kind of assimilate my nursing career as that. Probably there was a number of options I could have gone down, but I went down the path of nursing and might not have been my primary calling or I wouldn't say passion, but I've made it work and, I, and I've really enjoyed the journey and I can't imagine it now having gone any other way. But I remember feeling quite frustrated at uni. I didn't like my several years at uni. I didn't really like my graduate yeah, um, I felt very conformed and in a box with the way that we nursed. Mm. So I jumped on board, read an advert in the paper that was looking for nurses in Alice Springs. I'm like, that is me. I'm a country girl at heart. So I left the almost married situation I was living in and jumped on a bus and headed up to Alice Springs, leaving everyone and everything behind. And I remember in my first few weeks of nursing, I walked into a room and I saw an Aboriginal gentleman who was sitting on a mattress on the floor and he had his meal tray on the floor and he was pretty much eating off the floor. And I remember as a, as a young nurse, I kind of walked into that room and went, what are you doing? You can't eat off the floor. And this elderly Aboriginal gentleman looked at me and it was almost that see-through moment of it was a very blank looking straight through me moment. Wow. And I kind of sank to the floor myself and just went inside, clearly not physically, but I sank on the inside and thought, who am I? Who am I to come into this environment as a brand new upstart from uni, no experience, and put my feelings of, of what was the expected norm onto an elderly gentleman that had probably been eating like that all his life. Yeah. Being on a bed for this gentleman was probably something that would have felt really weird and possibly unsafe. Yeah. This is how we'd always managed it. And it was just one of those moments that I really thought, I have no idea. I have no idea of how a greater population live. Yeah. And I guess it was, yeah, as I said, there's been many moments, but that was one that I just... Yeah, I had a real inner reflection of gee, I ha I had a long <laughs> I had a long way to go. Oh, that's an awesome story, and I can just picture that, Denise. That yeah, wow. I don't know if you've heard some of the episodes in last season, but something that we always asked was about the first bike, and I said I'd retire that question. But there's something so lovely about hearing the first time that people got on a bicycle because it's so unexpected. Do you recall the time that you got onto a two-wheeler or two-wheeler training wheels situation? I was almost feeling a little disappointed if you weren't going to ask that question because oh. I, I don't actually recall the moment, but thinking sideways to that question, I, I do recall my first bike. So I don't recall getting on and so much the first moment I actually rode, but I do remember my first bike and being a country bumpkin in a in a small town on five acres, I had a BMX bike. Oh, 
so I'm really, I'm so proud to say I actually owned a BMX bike. So I had a lot of fun on this bike. I did have a road trauma on that bike. So I did get hit by a car when I was young. Oh, Um, God. Yeah. And I also rode over a snake on that bike. So there's a lot of history in that bike. And you know what? When I turned whatever age I I might have turned, maybe 10, my parents bought me a ladies bike. And it was the most horrifying moment of my life, I think. I never rode it. I never rode it. But my BMX bike, I have a lot of fond memories, a lot of country childhood fond memories of a fantastic BMX bike. Did you get your girls a BMX as soon as you could? I have got the girls some proper, yeah. I don't know if they make BMX bikes anymore. Oh, really? <laughs> well, you know the actual brand. Is it a BM- Is that what they were? BMX branded yeah. bikes. I, well, I don't know what they're called now, but I do have a couple of little girls that have some bikes with some gears on them. So. And you have snakes as well, as we've seen I in do. photos of you during <laughs> meetings. Absolutely, hanging from I'm over your head, recreating my childhood experience for my girls. I hope it's a good one. Oh, I'm sure it is. Denise, thank you for sharing. That's like the that's the extent of our podcast episodes because you wow. you get to have a chat with a really bumbling host that <laughs> doesn't have a whole lot of moves up his sleeve. But oh, and I'll Love just it. sit here going oh, oh <laughs> through our conversation, and it's yeah, it's not very pro. So Denise, this is the recording of the official ending that I forgot to do as I was just chatting to you then. Denise, thank you so much for being a guest on podcast. Thank you, Beck, for having me along and hopefully I've shared a few insights. You have. Happy to be on board. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Look forward to our next interview with the rest of your team. Fantastic. I will line them up. <laughs> Thanks, Denise. Bye. Thanks, Beck. See you. Bye. Testing, testing, testing the recording now. I'm connected, but not that well connected. Oh, Denise Moyle, I'm going to start recording because you're already (laughs) making me laugh and snort and things like that. Denise, welcome to podcast. Yay. Hello. (laughs) Denise, have I lost you? (laughs) Denise. Are you there? Oh, no. Denise has disappeared and I'm wondering if she's actually doing like a a real live example of what her recruitment centre was like. So I'm going to stay on the line. Um, I'm going to hit pause on the recording then and I'm going to try and get Denise back online again. This probably leads uh, exactly into the moment that we were just about to talk about, Beck. Oh, I was just sending you an email saying, are you kidding me? Did you just drop out? And can I just fess that that was entirely my own error in trying to correct my rain problem? Can I just ask, is the sound any better now? Sure. Not really, but can we continue? Okay, so back Hey, and I forgot to record an ending. Can we just record an ending? (laughs) Love it. Oh.